It's my honor today to welcome back our speaker, Caleb Bislow, for our second day of Spiritual Life Emphasis Week. Once again, Caleb is the founder of Unusual Soldiers, which is a ministry that seeks to train followers of Christ to respectfully engage the dark, dangerous, and difficult corners of the world. He equips students on how to engage the world's toughest places through outdoor scenario-based training camps, adventure programs, and through uh, classroom training sessions. He has ministered on every inhabited continent. He has ventured um, to every conflict zone, or he has ventured to conflict zones in Africa, into illegal brothels in Asia, to Central American prisons, and down to tributaries in the Amazon. We're excited to hear from Caleb once again. Please join me in welcoming Caleb Bislow. Thank you. It is good to be with you guys again. We are going to continue our adventure. Uh, we are not going down the. Uh, tributaries of the Amazon today, but uh, maybe someday some of you will end up there. Who knows? But we are going to continue to climb a mountain, and this is Mount what? Everest. All right. Is the mic working? Oh, oh, computer's not. Oh, yeah, we love these uh, doggle things. Oh, sweet. All right. That was my bad 100%, so don't blame him. All right. If anything goes wrong up here, it's always my fault, okay? Just so you know. That's how, it, that's how it usually goes down. But if you remember, we started at base camp, and then we made it up to camp one. What was the name of camp one where we went? Humility, right? So we, we uh, explored humility, what it means to be a person of humility. God often chooses people to use, and I'll even say he chooses people that are going to change the world. The people he uses to change the world are people of humility. If you want to be a person, I would say that, that God uses to make a massive impact in the world or maybe even a small impact, you want to become a person of humility. You want to make that a pursuit. That puts you in a spot of being used by God. Now we're going to continue to camp two. We're going to go up the next level to the level of compassion. Now before we go too far, I want to explain to you what, uh, or what passion is, I think, is it Brody? Was it Brody, Rody, Rowdy? What is it? Brody. Uh, Rowdy's cool, though. I like Rowdy. All right. Hey, can you come up here for a second? Uh, Rody's friends nominated him. Maybe I should have the nominators come up instead of him, though. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny, come on up. You come on up. Oh, all right. I saw Johnny clapping, so, oh, all right. So, we'll just see how this goes. We'll, we'll see if these guys can make a mutual decision. It is March. This is a March Madness season, right? So uh, I don't get real into that, but who does? I see somebody shaking their head. Oh, right, right here, all right. So you guys, this is a different kind of March Madness. What you're going to see here is some brackets. And what I want you guys to do is help me choose the winner out of each one of these. And I want to know which one is more precious to you as we go through these brackets, okay? You guys have to, you guys have to try to agree, though. All right, that's going to be the best. We'll see how these guys can do, all right? And there's really... Well, there's probably a right or wrong answers. So first up, we have your shelter. Is that more precious to you, where you live or your phone? House. house. house? You guys good with this? House? Okay, we're, we're, they're, they're going with the house. The house wins that one. Okay, um, how about water or food? Any kind of food of your choice. Water or food? Which one uh, is more precious to you? And uh, the other one you're going to go without, okay? So water. we're going water, good good or bad? Oh, whoa, 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 okay, okay. Now you want water. You know what? 
You can live three weeks without food, but in three days without water, you're dead. Good choice. Good choice. So, all right. All right. Now, this is a tough one. Money or air? Air? Air or money? Who wants the money? Okay. Yeah, okay. So they're going money. All right. So let's narrow it down a little more. Made good decisions so far, I would say. Now let's break down the bracket. Okay, now we have your house or water. Water. Now in Minnesota, though, if you don't have a house and you're out in that snowstorm, you could die in three, uh, three hours from hypothermia. But water, I don't know, it's kind of a mixed match. Depends where you are. So we're going to go water. That's probably uh, one of the best choices, I would say. All right, now let's go to the final two here. Here it is. Water or air? Air, good. You can, you're just dead. Yeah, you only get three minutes without air, right? Then you're gone. Anyone who, maybe some of you guys can hold your breath that long, all right? But uh, air is pretty, pretty important. So air is going to win the championship here. I think that you guys made a good choice. Now let me ask you this. I don't have the Knicks bracket up here, but let's say there's one more competitor against air. What would beat air in your mind? What is more precious to you than air? You guys got girlfriends? I mean, you might want to say that. People? Okay, people. Okay, maybe people. Does it depend on the person? or maybe Family? Okay, good answer. All right, so you go ahead and have a seat. Give them a hand, all right? Put them both on the spot here. They actually chose uh, the right answers together. So that is what you're passionate about. Whatever you, are, you desire more than air, that is something or someone that you are passionate about. Think for a moment. Is there anything in this world, in this life, that you desire more than air? Passion is, is the willing to, to suffer for someone or something. Something you love, someone you love so much that you would suffer for them. There's this guy, maybe you heard of him, hopefully you have, uh, by the name of Jesus. And when he died on the cross, if you remember, maybe you didn't know this, maybe you thought he died from just the nails on the cross, but he actually died from suffocation on the cross. He, he gave up his air for what? For us. There was something about you, something about mankind, and, and he, he saw the sinfulness of the world, and he knew the only way to redeem it was to give up his heir for the world. And, and when I see that, oftentimes I, I'm challenged by that because uh, I'm amazed that, that we serve a God that would do something like that for us. But am I willing, am I at a level with the Lord where I would say, Lord, you know what? I love you more than heir. I love that what they said about family and people and maybe there's some boyfriend, girlfriends, all right? Hope, that's a good way to know if you should marry somebody, all right? Do you love them more than air? All right, that's probably a good one, all right, to gauge things, okay? Um, but, uh, but do we love Jesus more than air? Are we passionate about him? When I was a kid, uh, I remember I had one of those uh, bow and arrows in, in third grade with the little suction cup ends. You guys ever seen those things? Like... You shoot yourself in the mirror and it sticks to the wall. Some of you, some of you seniors still have one probably. You still play with it. Yeah, I don't know. Nerf. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do you really? I mean, the Nerf ones are pretty sweet now. But I remember I got real jealous because one of my buddies in third grade, he got 
one with points on the end. Like, dude, this could kill a rabbit. You know, this was like the real deal. So we were over at his house, and we started just shooting his bow and arrow, having a good time, trying to see uh, what we could shoot with it. We, got, we didn't, you know, really have any rabbits to shoot or anything, so we just wanted to see how far it could go. That didn't take long. That got real boring, so we started thinking, well, I wonder how high we can shoot this thing. And we were in third grade, you know, so we're, we're smart kids. I mean, we knew that the best angle is not a 45. Best angle straight up, right? That, that's how you figure out how to get maximum height. And I remember we launched that thing as far back as we could and, and let it go and went way up there. And, you know, when you look at an arrow on the backside, all you see is a little, I don't know, I got to call it a butt. I don't know what you call it, all right? Just disappears. And uh, we're like, whoa, dude. It went so high. And, uh, and we're trying to figure out, how high do you think it went? I don't know. Where is it? You think it got stuck in a cloud? You know, we're trying to figure this out. And then I think it was uh, something we learned in school. Because I, re- I think the conversation quickly turned to, hey, do you remember that Sir Isaac Newton guy they talked about in school? That whatever goes up, it's going to come down. And then I remember like, what, what do you think is going to come down? Oh, we shot straight up, and there's no wind. Uh-oh. And, and we start thinking, oh, my goodness, this arrow is going to come down. And I remember we're, like, wanting to look for the arrow, but I'm afraid it's going to shoot my eye. And so we're trying to figure out how, where do we go. There's nowhere to dodge. And I remember we got that butterfly feeling, and I couldn't figure out what to do. And honestly, a, a great idea came to my mind. And, and this is how I remember it. I'm pretty sure it's accurate. I remember I, I jumped by my friend. And I'm not sure if I quite put his armpit under my head, but I, I think it was in my ideas anyway. And I remember as soon as I jumped and ducked by my friend, the arrow came and went, landed exactly where I was standing. So I might look a little different today if I would have actually been standing there. I don't know if I would be actually be standing here. I don't know what would have happened. Um, maybe uh, my mom would have made millions of dollars off a lawsuit. I don't know. But uh, no, nah, she wouldn't do that. But, uh, but if... if uh, his mom and my mom <laughs> were, were thinking it might have been good if you're going to give your kids something like that to give them a target, to give them something to aim after so they're not just out in a pasture aiming aimlessly. And so what I want to give you as we pursue passion today is a, a target, something to aim your passion after. We talked about family, but today we're going to talk about pursuing Jesus. If you were to look in your Bibles in Deuteronomy chapter 6, I think it's actually uh, quoted on some of these uh, prayer circles back here. I love what it says here in Deuteronomy 6. You'll also find it in Matthew 22, 37. But this is where it originated. And this is known as uh, the Shema in the Bible. Shema means uh, hear. It means get this, listen to this. This is important. And so this is what it says. It says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. I'm guessing you guys heard this before. With all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house. And on your gates, the Shema. I love the beginning that, of that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It said that people in the early days, and maybe they still do this, but it would be the, the thing that they would quote when they would wake up. They would begin to say, Hear, O 
Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that became a daily phrase that would be interwound in their life. And even when they went to bed at night, it would be something they recited. And even before they died, they hoped that that would be their famous last words because it was the purpose of their life. Is that the, is that the purpose? Is that the, the most important, most precious pursuit of your life? That's what we're going to be aiming at here with these three circles. To, to go into that middle circle, that innermost circle, that is the circle of the Shema. That is our pursuit. That is a, a person who is striving at knowing Jesus above everything else. But there's some other circles I want to share with you. And I want you to gauge yourself, to kind of ask yourself where you're at in these circles. The, next, the first circle on the outside, maybe many of you came to Christ because of this circle. I call this the circle of inheritance. Now, I remember uh, as a kid, probably junior high, watching a show. I think my mom was watching some kind of talk show like Oprah or something. I don't know what it was. But uh, I remember at times they would uh, have a supermodel on these shows. And, you know, as a junior high kid, okay, let's face it, high school guys, freshmen, you like pretty girls. I know you do, all right? So uh, you, you might sit and watch the show with your mom, not tell her, your, tell, tell her your real reason. But I remember watching a show with like a supermodel. It's like, oh, what's it take to get a girl like this? I need some pointers. I don't know anything about girls. And so I remember I'd sit there, and then I would find out in the episode that, the, that her husband's going to come out. And so I could kind of, you know, see if I got what it takes to get a girl like this. I kind of see if I measure up to what he is. And so I remember they, they made it real dramatic. And they put him behind a curtain so you couldn't see him, just a silhouette. And after the commercial break, we're going to bring out Henry or something, all right? And so, you know, after the commercial, they bring out Henry. And here's this, uh, here's this woman, all right? Young 20s, beautiful woman. And then this man comes out, all right? So, and this man isn't necessarily what you expected. I mean, it kind of surprises me when you check him out because it's, it, wow, okay. Oh, whoa, all right, so... So it wasn't uh, quite what you expected, and, uh, and you're looking at this guy, and he's kind of wobbly, and he's getting up to this woman, and as a kid, I was thinking, wow, no way, man. If that dude can get that girl, I can get that girl. I think, man, I got more than, I'm probably better looking than that guy, I would think. I'm younger, I mean, but that, then as you watch the episode, you start to realize that guy's got something I don't have. What is it? Money, 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 honey, right? And, 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 uh, and she's probably, I don't know, I've heard some people yell this out in the crowd. I think it's a monster truck. No, that's Grave Digger. What's the other one? Gold Digger. Yeah, she might be a, a gold digger. No offense, women, all right? I know none of you women would ever think of such a thing like this. But I think when we see this, we're kind of like, dude, that's so wrong. Even you guys like made a, like a, ooh, bad. This is not good. But I, I look at our own lives and what we do with the Lord. If you think about why you came to Jesus, why did you, I'm hoping all you guys came to Jesus, or at least maybe you're thinking about it, but what is one of the main reasons a lot of people come to Jesus? Maybe to get to heaven, maybe to escape hell, maybe to get the inheritance. It's not really about pursuing sometimes a relationship with Jesus, it's just, I don't want to spend eternity in hell. I want to, I want to be with the, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm in heaven. And so a lot of times 
that can become what happens. And that's why I call this the inheritance circle. It's a, it's a circle of somebody who, who maybe is pursuing the Lord, but uh, they're just pursuing him because they want to make sure they get to heaven. So they pray a quick prayer when they're young, hoping it's basically a password to get into heaven. But I want to tell you that I think that there's so much more to the Christian life than just getting to heaven. Now, heaven's going to be great, but, uh, but this can be a very dangerous circle. Let me read to you in Matthew 7. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? I haven't done that. Uh, have we not uh, done miracles? Look at this person, whoever this person is talking to Lord. And then it says the Lord will look at them and say to them plainly, I didn't know you. There was no relationship. I, I, I never knew you. Then he will say, away from me. You, you who've done evil, you evildoers. I mean, he's pretty blunt there. So this is a scary circle. If, if we're just in this to try to get to heaven, I mean, I, I hope that you're in the, in the Christian walk to pursue Jesus, to go after him with everything. But if you're, if you're just kind of in this because you want to make sure you make it to the pearly gates after this is over, you're missing out. So let's look at this other circle. Maybe some of you are in that circle, but let's look at this next one. This next one is the one that I call infatuation. Now, I don't know, do you guys go to church camp yet? Anybody go to church camps or youth camps or things like that? Or how about any big Christian events, things like that? Uh, uh, this might fit in some of those realms. I remember I used to go to a church camp all, every year, and I'd always see uh, things happen between the guys and the gals. In fact, I remember uh, in the young years, you would see guys and, and uh this wasn't me, you know, but I, I remember some of my friends, they would be like in the lunch line, and as the, the girls beside them, their, their pinkies would touch in the lunch line, something like that. Maybe this happened to you, I don't know. Uh, but all of a sudden, it's like, it was like something happened. Like, you know, you ever know what I'm talking about? Like electric, like what? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's going to happen to you someday too, bro, all right? It happens to us all at some point. But lightning, it felt like lightning struck. And, uh, and I remember this would happen to dudes. Now, if you were like me, I would feel something, but I would not say anything, you know. But I, what I would do is go to the bathroom and look in the mirror and flex a few times, make sure the pecs are like in order, make sure the biceps are working, make sure I'm trying to get the hair, whatever. I don't really even comb my hair anymore. Sorry if my wife is up there. I love my wife, but, uh, you know. But, uh, but then the girls, what I notice a lot of times, would run back to the dorm room and be like, I found the one. I know this is the one I'm going to marry. I felt something. I don't know. Girls, is that right? I'm not a chick. I don't know. But I, I assume that's what happens in those, in those rooms because all the banter goes all around camp. And, and so the girls found the one that she's going to marry. The dude's flexing. And, and eventually they actually talk about it. And you, you see them holding pinkies or holding their hands by the end of the week of camp. Who's guilty? Who's guilty? Oh, you guys are liars. All right. I know that this has happened here. And so at the end of camp, this is like love. These guys are, I mean, they felt the fire. 
It's going to last forever, right? And so they become friends on social media, and then they go home. And, and you know, the first week after they get home, they actually call each other on the phone, like talk voice to voice, like, wow. The week after that, it turns into texting. Oh, what is text? The week after that, it, you know, there's a few things on, on uh, Instagram. Maybe they're kind of tagging each other. All right, fourth week, a month in? Yeah, I'm done. Delete. It's over. Right, so infatuation is a strong feeling, it's lightning, but it's only short-lived. It's the fire, but it fades. And many times we'll see that in relationships at at camp-like settings, but many times even at conferences, even at things like spiritual emphasis uh, week, like what we're doing right now, we might sense something that the Lord's really doing, but sometimes... It fades off. And, and if we just put all our trust in those moments with the Lord, a lot of times I would say that we are more infatuated with the Lord. A, a good way to gauge yourself is, are you spending time with the Lord? Now let's pretend we take out Sundays. And any day that you go to church service, okay, let's say you go to Wednesday night youth groups, take that out of the week. And let's say all your chapel services here, let's take that out of the week. All right, all those big gatherings that you have of being with the Lord, let's take them all out of the week. Those are all really good. But what I want to know is, is there any connection with the Lord after that left? Are you still pursuing him on your own? Are you going after him, trying to get to know him away from the crowd settings? If not, you might be kind of in that roller coaster of infatuation. In Revelation, it talks about this church, Church of Ephesus, and it says that they were doing a lot of great things. Uh, They were uh, doing all kinds of things, and let me uh, read it to you here. It says uh, in Revelation 2... It says, these are, these are uh, the words of Jesus. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. And he says this to the church. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and, I, and have found them false. You've persevered, and you've endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary Sounds like they're doing a lot of great things. But then he says this, yet I hold this against you. You've forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do these things you did at first. And, uh, and what a challenge to us as well. Uh, many times maybe we go through that same phase of just forgetting that love we had at first. Forgetting how important it is. So there's your little pinkies. And uh, one of the things I notice uh, in this group also in the, in the circle of infatuation is that sometimes if you're a person like me, kind of a missionary, we can pursue God and give him all these, uh, these presents, right? We can give him great things. We can go out in the world and do great things for him. But what I believe he desires even more than all of our great things, gifts, our presence, I think he desires our presence. He desires to be with us. And so the greatest pursuit that we can make is pursuing after him, which brings us to that innermost circle. I call it the circle of intimacy. The circle of intimacy. Let's read Acts chapter 4. I love this verse. 
of uh, these disciples, if you were to look at the disciples of Jesus, they were, uh, they were uh, with him all the time. And, uh, and there was three of them, Peter, James, and John, that were with him even more than the other disciples. And, and look at this in Acts 4, 13. These guys have gotten in trouble. Peter and John are in trouble. These are some of the closest disciples to Jesus, spent more time with him than the other disciples. And, and it says this. It says when the crowds, when these guys uh, uh, counsel saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, these, they were ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. So these men were courageous. They were at that, the mountaintop, right, that were pursuing. They were doing courageous things for Christ, and they couldn't get it. They couldn't figure it out. Like, who are these men? They're, they're like transformed. They're unschooled men, but they're doing radical things for the Lord. And, and they took note that there was something different about them. They, they took note that they had been with Jesus. You know, when you spend time with Jesus, uh, a lot of times it pokes out of you. I remember when I went to college, uh, there was this girl I liked. Her name was uh, Jess. And I remember I wanted to uh, figure out how to hang out with her. But I had never really had a girlfriend before, so I didn't really know how this works. And so I thought, well, what does she do? She does cross country. You know, there, in my mind, at that point in time, the only thing worse than dying on a cross was doing cross country. Because all you do is run for like five kilometers. And then you know where you end up? Same place you started. It's like, what in the world? And then you see people barfing at the end. Sometimes they're collapsing and crawling and crying. I was like, what kind of sport? Who, who's guilty? Any, you guys don't have a cross-country team here, surely, do you? All right, all right. I know there's some here. I know. All right, my son went to state in it last year, so I have had to watch it numerous times now. All right, but, you know, I remember seeing this girl. I was thinking, I want to, I got to figure out how to hang out with her. I'm going to run. <laughs> I'm going to see if she wants to go for a run. I can run. I'm sure I can run. I used to play basketball in high school. All right. So I remember I call her up and, uh, and uh, I said, hey, you want to go for a run? She's like, oh, sure. What time are you going? Okay. So, and I got all excited. It's like, all right. And like, how long, how far are you running today? Six miles. Oh, boy. Oh, I thought it was like 3.1 miles or something. And it's like, okay, nope, yeah, I'll see you there. And so I remember going there and I loved Mountain Dew like crazy, like you know, chugged it, all right? I never drank alcohol ever, but I, I drank my fair share of Mountain Dew. And I remember when we were going for a run, it didn't take long, maybe three quarters of a mile in, it hit me, and it hurt. But she was on this side, so I'd flex my muscle on this side, but on this side, it's like, oh, dude, this hurts. Oh. And I remember I actually had to stop. I was like, you know, I got to stop for a second, uh, I, didn't, I don't know what excuse I made, but she decided to let me stop at the end of the block. Then she would continue to run around a square block and then pick me up until I couldn't go anymore again. And then that's kind of our pattern. It's like, and so she was soon thinking, this is very strange. And, and you know what all my friends began to notice? They began to notice I'm willing to suffer to be with this girl. And, uh, and I never told any dude I know if I told one guy, they're going to tell the girl, and, you know, I didn't want to go through that. So I just kept my, my, my hidden attraction for her to myself and the Lord. I talked to the Lord. You know, he's not going to whisper to anybody, hopefully. And I just kept that between us, you know. And, but what I noticed is, even though I kept it a secret, it went public. Why? 
because they saw that I was suffering. And I remember my friends called up Jess and talked to her, and they said, hey, Jess, i got to tell you something. I've known Caleb for four years now at college. I ain't never seen him run. Not once. Ever. No. Something's going on. Something's happening. And they were right. They, I couldn't keep it hidden. You know why? Because I spent time with Jess. And when the more I spent time with her, the more people began to notice. And even the more I suffered to be with her, people noticed it. And uh, the more it went public. And, and you know what? I married that girl. She's up there. Yeah, how about that? So uh, we don't, I don't run. Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I don't do the run thing anymore. My kids do. I don't know why. But uh, actually, I love watching cross country now. And now let's say watching, all right? Watching. I like watching people suffer. It's fun. But, uh, but I, what I love about these disciples is, you know, people began in my school to take note that I had been with Jess, right? What did they say here? People began to take note that these disciples, Peter and John, had been with Jesus. It was visible. Do people, when they look at you, take note that you are a person who has been with Jesus? Would that be one of the first things that comes to their mind? Or would they say, I've actually done this before, I won't because I don't know any of you yet, but let's say I brought you up on the stage and I said, all right, what are some things that the rest of you have taken note about this person? Because we take notes of everybody, don't we, in our back of our heads. Like, ah, oh, this person is with that. This person's with that. You know, this is, a, this is the uh, basketball player. This is the, this is the uh, robotics dude making a uh, uh, crazy robot. What are those robot killer things? I forgot now. Battle bot. I don't know. Do you guys do that stuff? All right. You got all these different groups of people that do different things. You got the high GPA people. You got the not so much. Anybody else in that house with me? Okay, so you got all these other people. We take notes of different people. But does anybody, if I brought you up here, would would anybody even in this room take note that that's one of the people that have been with Jesus? That's that's somebody who loves the Lord. It just kind of pours out of them. That's a sign that you are in the circle of intimacy. Intimacy. Now, let me just share with you two things here. Uh, If you're going to be a person in uh, in the intimacy circle, you are going to have a, you're going to do two things with Jesus, all right? There's There's quantity time and there's quality time. And I think that Jesus deserves them both. So I'm going to bring up a seventh grader. Real quick, Kaya, all right, uh, she is my brave daughter for the moment. Maybe I can get this mic hot, we'll see if this works. All right. Maybe not, I'm not sure if this will work or not, it's on. Kaya, I am putting you on the spot in front of all these people. Is that scary or what? So uh, one of the things uh, that we try to do in our family is spend time with Jesus, right? We want to spend quality time, but also quantity time. And, and Kaya, I'm going to put you on the spot. You spending time with him? Kind of. <laughs> all right, kind of. I like that answer. We have not rehearsed this. So uh, tell me what you are doing what you do in your devotional time with Jesus right now? Well, we're reading through Luke. Okay. And what are you doing as you go through the, the book of Luke? Taking notes. All right, she's taking notes. I'm not sure if this mic is working. So is this working? 
No? Okay. So you're, you're taking notes in the book of Luke? All right. What are you looking for when you go through the book of Luke right now? Whoa, stop right there, all right? She's looking for humility, passion, vision, courage, all right? What do you do if you find those places in the Bible? I'll mark it with, like, a special sign. All right, so she has little symbols that she puts in her Bible as she's reading through it, so it makes it more like a treasure. Anything else you're doing to make it exciting, or what are you, what's going on? Well, like, the books have, like, another page, so, like, you can, like, draw it or something. Yeah, so there's a whole wide margin, so a lot of times after they read a few chapters, they'll, they'll draw out the best part if you're an artist. I know my, my uh, sixth grader up there has all kinds of drawings in his little Bible that he's working on, and uh, it's always fun as a dad to go see what's going on here. So, so that's quantity time. That's spending time with the Lord. Now, you getting it done every day, or how are you doing? Just curious. I, I never I, asked her this. I try to do it every day. All right, she tries to do it every day. I think that's a worthy pursuit, all right? So, all right, thanks, sweetheart. I love that. Thanks for coming up. So that's an example of uh, just some, a, a young person younger than you thinking, you know, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I'm trying to get in the Word. You know, we have the Bible app now. There's so many options and devotions right here that we can, uh, that we can use to pursue Jesus. And if you look for the key things and make things in, in your Bible, it becomes a lot more Fun. The other side of the coin is uh, quality time. You know, I've noticed in my walk, I like to spend time with Jesus as, as best I can every day to try to get in the Word, probably read a, a part of the Gospels to, to kind of spend time with Jesus. But also, I want to find moments in life, maybe once every two months or maybe once a month, of just getting away from my house and going to uh, my God spot, a spot that uh, nobody else knows about. Maybe some of you guys have a, a special place in your house. Maybe it's a closet. Uh, I know Goldie's got a, a tree house that's like five stories up. I wouldn't go there. You might die, all right? You might meet Jesus a little early, but uh, it's pretty awesome. I, that's where I would go. I've actually got a tree that I used to go in my pasture, and I would go about the same height, but I had a hammock, and I'd just sleep up there with my Bible and, and read, and, and I would spend like two, three hours up there sometimes just to spend quality time with God. So where is a place that you could go, think in your mind, away from everybody else, a place in solitude to spend quality time with the Lord? Maybe it's a coffee shop. Maybe it's a, a special place in your backyard. Maybe it's a park. Maybe it's a river, a tree. Those are the places. Anytime I move, I look for those places. Where's my Jesus spot? Where am I going to go when I have that quality time with the Lord? So those are two signs that you are a person that is pursuing that circle of intimacy with the Lord. So as we look at that, you know, uh, these are the disciples of Jesus who pursued that quality and quantity time with him. I want us just to begin to ask ourselves, what circle are we in? Are we pursuing him? Are we spending time with him? Is it beginning to poke out of us? Would anybody take note that we're, we are pursuing him? Or are we kind of in the back? Ah, just the inheritance circle. Dare I say a gold digger circle, right? Maybe it's the infatuation circle or maybe you've stepped in or trying to step into that circle of intimacy. Wherever you're at, I'm going to just challenge you today to pursue that quality time and quantity time. Try to find a plan and begin pursuing it. If a seventh grader can do it, a sixth grader can do it, I'm pretty sure a senior can do it. And, uh, and I notice a lot of pain 
on these uh, things back here where in the courage section. A lot of stuff going on in your life. You want to know what I've noticed when I have a lot of those painful things in my life? It's not that it takes more courage. It takes me getting on my knees and getting away and being with Jesus. That's what replenishes my soul. That's what often heals my soul. Jesus, I thank you for this group. I thank you for these students that you are raising up to be uh, warriors for you. And God, maybe some are riding the fence. Maybe they're not even, even in the circles. God, I pray that today would be a day maybe where they begin to, to step in and, and confess their sin to you and make you Lord of their life saying, God, I need to begin this walk I'm lost in life, and I need to find you. And, and God, I pray that maybe uh, people would do that today on their own, somewhere in a silent spot, God, if people here have not began to walk with you. And, Lord, if many here have, have come to you just because they're afraid of what happens after they die, I pray that today would be a day where they pursue more, where they pursue you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and they would begin to, to go even beyond infatuation. They would begin to have daily time with you. They would begin to have quality time with you, time that is, 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 is the real fire. And, and, you know, God, fires go out. That's why we got to keep them stoked. And I pray that we would keep the fire for you stoked in our lives, even when the big events are gone, even when we're not in a group setting, that we would find that time with you one-on-one in a powerful way. And I pray that this would be a community here, a school here, where people would walk into this, uh, this school building and they would say, there's a different atmosphere here. There's something about this place uh, It seems to be full of people that have just been with Jesus all over, from the students to the faculty. And I pray that that would just pour out of this building and ripple to the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.